Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. Quite often on Friday nights on this uh, program, we have a Friday night five-minute mystery. Not this week, because we are just wrapping up our special series, which has run for three weeks, the Journey Towards God series. But the series is wrapping up, and so next Friday night at this time, back to our regular format, back to our regular program, and another Friday five-minute mystery at this time next week. But right now we're talking about our journey towards God, about how we know whether we're on the right path or not. Because we're on the journey, but the question is, are we getting it right? Are you getting it right in your journey towards God? To have your journey through life, your journey towards God as I'm calling it, end well, end by finding peace with God and peace with God forever, do you have to be a church person? If, as I was saying last night, God is not interested in religion but only in relationships, then why would you need to bother with church? If God is not interested in religion or religions, why do Christians establish churches and go to church? Well, the answer is that relationship involves communication. If you and your friend never talked, it would not be much of a relationship, would it? Communication with God means reading the Bible and praying. In the Bible, God talks to us. In prayer, we talk to him. And God makes it plain in the Bible that he does not intend being a Christian, being one of his people, to be a solo sport, but a team sport. It's not tennis. It's, it's rugby. It's not golf. It's uh, cricket. It's a team sport, not a solo sport. We are meant to read the Bible together and pray together. On top of which, when we become Christians, God gives us work to do. Being a Christian is like being on a battleship, not a bus. There are no passengers, only crew members. And much of that work is best done together with others. Church is teams of Christians working together. It's relationship again, you see. So-called churches that focus on buildings or, or focus on organization or focus on music have clearly lost the plot. Which brings me back to the point that being a Christian simply means being a follower of Jesus. It's more like belonging to a fan club than anything else. The challenge that Jesus gave to the first people he spoke to was, follow me. And that's the same challenge he gives to everyone, including you and me. Jesus says to you, follow me. Furthermore, following Jesus is the only way to find peace with God. And it's interesting to look at how people react to Jesus' claim of exclusivity his claim of being the only one who can repair the broken relationship between us and God. Jesus said, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The bit of the Bible that tells me that is John chapter 14, verse 6. When folks say such things as, that's outrageous, how arrogant, they are making themselves out to be more, more important than God. It's important to realize that we don't decide how we relate to God. God does. It's his call, not our call. We must relate to God in the way that God requires and in the way God makes possible. He is in charge, not us. He is God, not us. But that old primeval rebellion keeps surfacing in the human heart. Oh, God's not going to tell me. I'll decide how I'll come to terms with God. Well, in your dreams you will. God is God, we are not. If God has decided the only way to him is through Jesus, well, that's God's call. We don't dictate the terms. He does. And when we refuse to accept his terms, we are just showing once again that we are determined to play the role of God. And that's the sort of rebellion that got us into trouble in the first place. 
In effect, these protesters are saying that they want their journey, to, their life to be a journey towards God, but they'd be deeply offended if God himself mapped out the route for them. That, of course, just doesn't work. It won't work, because the journey towards God is really like one of those children's maze puzzles. You know, those mazes with lots of alternative paths, but only one that reaches the destination. The rest are dead ends. If our journey towards God is serious and not a half-hearted game, we will abandon our stubborn pride and follow the road God tells us to follow. Many people who are in earnest about their life journey, serious about their journey towards God, still don't want to be called Christians. They're horrified by being given that name, that label. If the final destination of peace with God is to be labelled Christian, they think, well, that's not for me. They really want to be on God's road, not their own. They really want to find peace with God, but they hate the idea of wearing the label Christian. Well, it's easy to get hung up about labels. Let's see if we can sort this one out. The word Christian gets bandied around and used and misused in the most remarkable ways. There are many mistaken ideas about what makes a person a Christian. So tonight, and again on Monday night, I'm going to try to straighten out the mistakes and try to make clear what the word Christian really means. Well now, let's see if we can straighten out the mistakes that people make about the meaning of the word Christian. Firstly, there is what I would call the cultic mistake. The cultic mistake. This says that if you belong to a certain religious group, that makes you a Christian. It is just belonging Membership that makes you a Christian. doesn't matter which group you're talking about. Anglican, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Orthodox, Pentecostal, Charismatic, whatever. This mistake says membership in this or that group makes you a Christian. People who think this way are usually people who've been done. They've been baptized, christened, confirmed, baptized in the spirit, received into membership or whatever their particular group does. You might have been baptised by sprinkling or by full immersion or as an infant or as an adult or whatever, slain in the spirit, whatever, depending on the practice of your group. None of these things makes you a Christian. They just make you a member of that particular group. Some people go to church regularly, give money to support their local church, receive communion or Eucharist or Mass or whatever your group calls it. Still, none of these things makes you a Christian. If you sleep in your garage, that won't make you a car. If you walk into McDonald's, that won't make you a hamburger. If you sit in your sit in church, that won't make you a Christian. If you walk into your church, that won't make you a Christian. Now, don't get me wrong. Going to church is a good thing if it's a church where the Bible is at the centre. The Bible is taught and Jesus is honoured. But, but there are plenty of rogues and villains, in fact, plenty of atheists who were baptised as infants or went to Sunday school or were active in their church youth group and much more. Being done, going through the process, filling in all the forms, doesn't make anyone a Christian. That is the cultic mistake. Second, there is the ethnic mistake. The ethnic mistake. When I was a schoolboy, my old school atlas had a series of maps of the world showing different features. The first was a climatic map showing average temperatures and rainfalls. The next was a political map showing the political borders and affiliations. Then there was a a language map of the world showing which languages are spoken where. And finally, there was a religious map identifying each country with its dominant religion. That sort of thinking is the ethnic mistake. 
It says, if I come from a Christian country, if I belong to a Christian ethnic group, then I am a Christian. False. Ethnic or national affiliation does not make you a Christian. This is tribal thinking. This sort of mistake involves thinking that belonging to a particular culture or national or ethnic tribe makes you a Christian. You know, my tribe is Christian, the other tribe is Muslim or Hindu or whatever. Mere membership, mere belonging does not make anyone a Christian. Regardless of whether it's membership in a group, a nation, a church, a denomination, a tribe or, well, whatever. That's the ethnic mistake. Closely related to the ethnic mistake is the family mistake. The family mistake. This is the notion that if you come from a Christian family, that makes you a Christian. That is your label or badge. Well, just because you come from a long line of Lutherans or Catholics or Presbyterians or Pentecostals or whatever, because you go to church with the older members of the family every Christmas and Easter, or more often than that perhaps, because you believe that church is the right place to be hatched, matched and dispatched, you know, baptisms, weddings, funerals, that doesn't make you a Christian. No doubt you are a member of a Christian family, in inverted commas, if that's how your family sees themselves, but being members of a human family does not make you a member of God's family, that is, a Christian. Imagine if a man arrived in your suburb and hung up his brass plate, announcing he was practising as a doctor. Soon officials arrive wanting to know the man's qualifications to practise medicine, and he says, I don't need qualifications. My father was a great surgeon, my mother was a wonderful nurse, I was born in one of the world's great teaching hospitals, and I belong to a golf club where all the other members are doctors. I don't need my own qualifications. It's mad, isn't it? That man belongs either in a lunatic asylum or in jail. Everyone needs their own personal qualifications with God. Membership in a family is not enough. That is the family mistake. Well, there are other mistaken ideas about what counts as being Christian. In reality, Christian means a Christ one, a follower of the person Jesus Christ. Not just an imitator of Jesus, but a committed personal friend and follower of Jesus. The Bible says, only Jesus has the power to save. His name is the only one in all the world that can save anyone. The part of the Bible that tells me that is Acts chapter 10, sentence 12. A friend of mine is fond of startling people by asking them, how are you getting on with God these days? It's a good question, isn't it? That question really means, how are you getting on with Jesus? Because it's the same thing. So let me startle you by asking you exactly that question. How are you getting on with Jesus? Now, Monday night, we're pretty close to wrapping up this series. We're nearly finished. Probably take Monday night or maybe Monday and Tuesday of next week. Then it's back to our regular, our regular structure, regular format on this program. But we'll, we'll, we'll resume and we're going to sum this up and draw all the threads together. We're going to make it clear what it really means to be a Christian and how to become a Christian. What is a Christian? How to become one? That is the climax of our look at the journey towards God. If you've got a friend who needs to think about those things, encourage them to listen next Monday night and Tuesday night at 10 o'clock. Listen yourself. That's this coming Monday, Tuesday night. Here's our thought for the night from Acts chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says, Only Jesus has the power to save. His name is the only one in all the world that can save anyone. Until Monday night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.